Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. Glad you're with me here for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app will give you Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday every Tuesday at 930 or the podcast. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday wherever you download your podcast. Glad that you're with us here. So much going on in professional wrestling. We turn to a pro wrestling fan and also host of Sports Media with Richard Deitch. This is a fanboy thing for me, Eric, because I'm a big fan of the podcast. I listen every week. Uh, Richard Deitch from TheAthletic.com joins me, Jonathan Hood, for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000. Richard, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. All right, first of all, Jonathan, a couple things. Uh, I appreciate the fanboy love, but you gotta you gotta go after some more famous people than myself, the fanboy. <laughs> That's first and foremost. Secondly, uh, I love the uh, I love the basically intro that uh, leads back into your show. That was I literally could I could literally have listened to, you know, a continuous clip of that for like thirty minutes. So that's fantastic. And then finally, mm-hmm. I almost never. And understandably so, get asked to talk about wrestling. So uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invite. That's why, that's why I asked you on. I mean, you, you can't talk wrestling with James Andrew Miller, so why not talk to me about it? Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, that, would, that would not be a good conversation, I'll be very honest. So I, I'm just interested in your thoughts uh, about the state of wrestling, Richard, as a fan like I am as well. What, what do you think of wrestling content right now in 2019? Well, I think there's probably never been a better time for content. Now, you know, you could sort of say maybe like the WCW, WWF wars were, you know, maybe sort of the con, maybe people were more fever pitched about wrestling. But between all the different companies that are now um, on, you know, major cable, uh, between independent shows, I think, getting bigger. And here's the game changer, just basically the web. You know, digital gives you now access to, like, podcasts like yours. You know, Conrad Thompson, I imagine you've, he's been on your show before. I mean, yes. essentially, he has a great or major podcast that comes out almost essentially now every day of the week. And there are so many, like, phenomenal uh, either wrestling podcasts or, uh, you know, wrestling websites or wrestling blogs. So if you think about in terms of, like, the larger, the big C, it's never been a better time for content. In terms of television, which a lot of people obviously process wrestling through, it's a phenomenal time. The, the question is, can AEW, NXT, and the WWE's programming, like, is there enough audience there for, um, for all of them to maintain enough audience where they'll continue to be on major cable? My guess is yes, although I'm sure you follow this too, Jonathan. Over the last couple of weeks, ratings have dropped uh, pretty precipitously across the board. Uh, I don't know how much of that storyline. I don't know how much that's time in the year. But, um, you know, uh, if you're all those wrestling organizations, you got to be a little concerned about it because, um, 
you know, you do, you start to sort of creep in and wonder, you know, is there enough audience there to, um, uh, to carry all of that major cable programming? So, Richard, obviously there's a big difference in the Monday Night Wars and the Wednesday Night Wars. Bruce Pritchard will always say that the true number during, you know, 20 years ago between uh, the WWE and WCW was people turning back and forth, that it really wasn't sixes versus fives or sevens versus six and a halves. He says that people are watching both shows, so it's kind of skewed the number. However, I will say now in 2019, when we're talking about two companies, AEW and uh, and watching NXT both, on uh, on Wednesday nights, they're both under a million. So from Turner's standpoint, how long do you think that they'll allow AEW to kind of work under that million dollar, uh, that uh, one million uh, viewer purview? It's a good question. Uh, I have to know what Turner promised um, advertisers, because that's ultimately sort of where the rubber meets the road. And keep in mind, and this is an important one for you and or your listeners, there's one thing, um, you know, there's one number when it comes to overall viewership, which you just quoted. And then there's another number, which is adults 18 to 49. And a lot of times males 25 to 49. Those are the demographics that the, um, the networks really, really care about. Uh, why that is is sort of a larger, longer conversation. It's an outdated uh, precept, but that is the fact. That's essentially what a lot of advertisers pay for. And as long as those numbers are pretty good, and those numbers have, even though they've dropped, they're, I think they're pretty good. Um, I think Turner should be happy. It's, you know, it is, it's whatever AEW is in, they're seven weeks in. They had an incredible first two weeks. Um, to me, I still think the fact that they're even getting these kind of numbers is fantastic. Um, you know, you're talking about a, a relatively new promotion, not even relatively, a very new promotion with, you know, a lot of word-of-mouth buildup over the last two years, and they're, you know, they're drawing more than a half million people to Wednesday night on TNT. You know, the, the, the question for Turner uh, will be, and I don't know the answer to this, is, you know, how much the how much are they paying AEW? How much does the promotion cost? Is it cost-effective for them? But they are bringing in a really good, healthy number still for adults 18 to 49. And I think the they should give them, as they say in the business, time to bake. Uh, whatever whatever these numbers are now, what really sort of will matter is what are the numbers a year from now. And so I, I like the production. I, I mean, I you know I, I I watch more AEW than NXT. That's a personal thing, and, that, and I think NXT is an excellent brand too. It's just um, my preference. I think AEW uh, has a lot of interesting people in it. I think they are great when it comes to finishes. I love just sort of their idea of what they're doing in terms of being, I think, wrestler first. So I like that promotion, and I think they can, I think they could grow. Um, so I think it's still very early in terms of viewership as to um, what you know, sort of where things stand. The one thing that's interesting and well worth watching is, I don't think SmackDown has blown up. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't say SmackDown is in trouble. But I, SmackDown's numbers are not great given all the promotion that Fox has given it and given that it's on a network. And if I was WWE, that's one where I'd be a little bit concerned because those numbers um, that first week have really cratered. And with Raw in a little bit of creative trouble as well, uh, that's one to watch. Richard Deitch from TheAthletic.com and also the podcast Sports Media with Richard Deitch with me, Jonathan Hood. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, and Richard, speaking of SmackDown, I mean, 
If I'm Fox, listen, I'm paying you billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars, and you can't beat Hawaii 5-0. I mean, I'm just, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you got to give me better than that. And it, it has, from The Rock being there from episode one, and now you're looking at SmackDown and it looks like Raw. That's not what Fox paid for. I'd be, I'd be very disappointed with all, as you mentioned, on, it's on Big Noon. It's on every Fox property. Everyone knows about SmackDown, but it's not resonating. That's that's storylines, is it not? Yeah. I, first of all, I, I mean, I no offense to Fox, but like it really, at a certain point, drives me mad when like they're doing so much crossover. Like, no offense, I, I don't need Urban Meyer to hang out with Roman Reigns. <laughs> I have absolutely, you know, no 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 interest at all in you know Kurt Menefee like body slamming. Uh, yeah, any any anyone on the SmackDown roster, but you know it's Fox, and Fox is going to Fox, as we say. Sure. Uh, yeah, I to- I think it's totally creative on this one, and I don't really know what the solution is. Um, you know, they. I'll give you a perfect example, and again, I-, I say this as someone who has so much admiration for the creative when it comes to all of these promotions, and it would be actually a dream to, like, write for him for, like, a couple weeks. I would, trust me, I don't think I could work for Vince McMahon for longer than a certain amount of time because eventually I think it's just too tough a job. Mm-hmm. But it would be really interesting to be in the writer's room. So you have someone like Becky Lynch who was, like, crazy sort of just over with the audience, like, about as white hot as, it, as you can get. And if you notice, like, over the last couple of months, that, like, that heat has dropped. And I'm, I, I can't tell you exactly why that's happened. I don't know if, you know, making Rollins and her part of the storyline, I don't know if it's because I can't figure out who she should um, battle with. But that's a perfect example of, you know, you creative, is that you had somebody who maybe was one of the hottest over talents in, like, the last, like, five years, and that talents um, sort of got cold. Again, you know, different show, but, like, the same thing with Roman in terms of, like, you know, you sort of can't figure out what to do with, you know, one of your biggest stars there. Um, I would not blame ratings on this, but it does sort of go to show you, uh, in hindsight, how valuable somebody like Cena was and how he could really carry a promotion. He's not around anymore. So, yeah, I, you know, I uh, the WWE historically, WWF historically, has been very good at creating and making stars. And I think for SmackDown in particular, they're going to have to figure out a way uh, to make that work. You know, it'd be great if Lesnar was around more, but I think that's going to happen. I don't really have the answer. You know, I don't know what the answer is to um, to sort of turn that around. But, um, you know, if you look at some stuff from AEW, I mean, in a very short amount of time, and maybe part of this is because of Jericho's genius, they have sort of created a very, very sort of major storyline which floats into previous, you know, all the storylines in, in a way sort of run through, you know, an authority group or figure versus sort of um, a rebellious sort of outsider group to try to take that uh, authority down. So in this case, obviously Jericho sort of the authority there. So SmackDown could use whatever that is, you know, sort of a like in a very significant like sort of us versus WO versus somebody. Um, but right now, I don't really have the answers. But I, I'm with you. I think it's a creative issue. It's it's what um, 
It's what Dutch Mantel told to Vince Russo when they both worked at TNA. Vince Russo says, bro, bro, I don't understand this. Bro. I don't understand this whole thing with baby faces and heels, bro. I don't understand this thing. And Dutch Mantel says, oh, you don't understand baby faces versus heels? He goes, well, you know what? I got a book for you. I got a great book where you can learn about baby faces versus heels so you can understand your role better here as a writer. And Vince goes, what, bro? What, what book? And, uh, and Dutch says, the Bible, and then walks away. <laughs> um, it's it, so, so ultimately meaning that, hey, if you don't understand what good versus evil is, here's a book where you can learn. And that's probably where you're going with this. With AEW, it's, it's pretty clearly defined who's a bad guy, who's a good guy. Cody Rhodes is a right. white meat baby face. In the WWE, yep. from week to week, you don't know who's a good guy or a bad guy. That confuses the audience. Yeah, by the way, there's nothing honestly better than on like podcasts that just bury Vince Russo, whether it's like Bruce Pritchard or you know, or Jim Ross or something. I can literally listen to uh like an entire like series of podcasts just burying Vince Russo. And again, Vince Russo's kind of had an amazing career, but it's uh it is very especially Bruce Pritchard, it's kind of amusing to uh hear that. Listen, again, I think, you know, define characters and finishes. Like, those are things I think you have to have on your show. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is, and again, this is very, you know, this, this is sort of, sort of stylistically, like, you know, they really are writing, like, uh, here's, by the way, here, I'll give you another example, you know, because you now got me going a little bit. Braun Strowman is, once again, another example of a guy who really should be a major talent, like a major main eventer kind of guy, but I don't know what he is at the moment. Like he has gone from being what I would call sort of a traditional heel at one point, traditional heel strongman to, you know, maybe not wacky babyface, but sort of babyface tendencies to something now in the middle without like a great rival. And that's like really like a, you know, you know, to the point where like, you know, there's like a Tyson Fury stuff. It's like, that's a really, or that was at one point, a guy who was just like, you know, cut straight from like Vince McMahon central casting. Like, this is going to be like the next Andre the Giant type of attraction. You know, you build this guy up, you make him a Superman, and people are going to want to sort of know everything he's doing. But he just feels like, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Braun Strowman just feels like another guy right now. Yeah. Like, how is that possible? And that's where I think some of their issues lie, is that you got to define some of these, I think, incredibly talented uh, in-ring performers. Um, I'm somebody who loved Ambrose. Right. And I do think that was a loss as well. I think, like, you know, his John Moxley thing is, like, is an is an excellent, excellent character. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, I never write the WWE the WWE. Uh, I never write the organization off because they're, they're, they're too big. Um, they have so much marketing might. But I do feel like they are in a bit of a creative funk right now i do love Heyman. i think he's a genius uh, you know i so i i think you know if anybody could sort of pull them out of this a little bit he'd be one but they really i mean raw at times honestly is unwatchable and i feel like smackdown a lot of times you just i don't know if you do this as well jonathan but a lot of times i just tape it and just fast forward through it yeah. until like maybe there's a point or two where i'm kind of interested in but i can't remember the last time um i watched a show maybe except SmackDown premiere with, you know, where Fox really went all out. Obviously, WWE went all out. I can't remember the last time I ever actually just sat and watched the entire show without fast-forwarding through stuff. 
Okay, Eric, you're starting to sweat now because we got to go because that's radio. Um, <laughs> Richard Deitch, Sports Media with Richard Deitch. That, and don't forget, that's the podcast wherever you download your podcast. And also theathletic.com is where you can find Richard as well. You see that? See that now? See, we got to have you on again, long form, to talk about this because you don't get a chance to talk about it on your own show. Listen, Johnson, just when you think you have all the answers, I, I will always try to change the question. <laughs> I appreciate uh, I appreciate very much the invite. Thank you very much. Jonathan Hood. I'm so hood. On ESPN 1000.